I think when I speak to a lot of young people at schools and wherever, um, I always say to them, do something you really love. Doesn't matter what that is, being a mom, teaching, whatever you love, because if you love it, then it'll get you through the hard times. And if you don't, it's not authentic or real anyway. That's the voice of fashion icon Vera Wang, and she's gonna give us some insights on why tough love can be a good thing and also why you should always get paid to learn. That and much, much more on today's Super You podcast. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Vera Wang, ladies and gentlemen, that's who we're going to get insights from on today's show. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Thank you for tuning into today's Super You podcast, a podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpower on the world. I heard a great new one the other day. We always talk about having the courage to wear the cape. And then if you think about an apron, that's just a cape on backwards. So it's really about flipping that apron around and then you are that superhero. But we're gonna get some insights from Vera Wang, the fashion icon. I know that you know her. She's got timeless elegance and really unparalleled craftsmanship in the world of fashion. Uh, she's an iconic figure in the industry. Everyone knows the name Vera Wang. Uh, she's renowned for exquisite bridal and evening wear designs, which you might know. Heck, some of you may have wore one on your wedding day. And she's carved out a niche for herself as a visionary designer. Uh, really, she has that innate ability to blend kind of that traditional aesthetic with, with more of your modern sensibilities. So it's really, really an amazing talent. In her career, I mean, she's been doing it for decades and she's become a symbol of sophistication and luxury. And she's dressing celebrities and brides alike in creations that really, they capture the essence of romance and refinement. And now beyond fashion, Vera Wang's influence extends into fragrances, accessories, and even some home decor. Um, and she's showcasing her diverse talents all the time. Um, so without further ado, let's kind of walk through and join the journey of Vera Wang and get some insights to help us unlock our own superpower on the world. Now, a lot of your journey you've described as unlikely. Um, how so? My unlikely start, that's, that's pretty fair and it's pretty true. I think I was the girl least expected to get married. And I waited to the ripe old age of 40. But in all honesty, I think my life or I was very much defined by what my career path was. When I finally got engaged, um, there weren't very many dresses that I found were suitable for a 40-year-old bride, which perhaps today doesn't sound as old. But most of the brides I was shopping for dresses with were 25. And I said, there's got to be something for someone my age. And not only that, I came from Vogue magazine where I was a senior fashion editor. So my experience at Vogue with the entire world of fashion at my disposal, made me a little bit more, um, I think, careful about what kind of dress I wanted to wear, more knowledgeable, 
And so there really wasn't anything out there that made me feel it was the right dress for me. And that's sort of what prompted this whole business. It's been almost, in a weird way, random. But nonetheless, amazing things have happened because of the way I live my life. You have a unique approach to learning that I'd love for you to share uh, with our audience that is somewhat instilled by your father, yes? The truth is I really wanted to go to design school and my father would not pay for any more education. It was more about working and I think that's something I say to a lot of young people who want to be in fashion, that you should work for somebody you respect. And if you can't get that, then you should just work for someone in fashion, if you really want to. And then you'll know whether you really want to be in fashion or not. Because you may think you want to be, but until you really work, you don't know. And also, it really is great to be paid to learn. It's a wonderful thing to learn, and somebody actually hands you a paycheck. And I think that's one of the great things, that the great pieces of advice I can give to any young person who wants to be in any industry is get paid to learn. Obviously, you deal in fashion, which allows people to express themselves, to distinguish themselves, to kind of, for lack of a better term, to break out from the crowd. How does one stand out or break out from the crowd? How does one become outstanding? You know, there's some people say fashion is not art. I don't agree. I think when you're dressed in the human body, that's probably the greatest artistic challenge that any artist face. And um, I know that so much of it is experimental. So much of it is brand building. There, are, there is so much competition globally. There is so much out there. And I think in order to distinguish yourself from everyone else, you really do have, you only have a minute or a second to catch someone's eye. And that's what I think motivates a lot of designers, particularly young designers today. They're trying to stand out and they're trying to make an impression in a very, very crowded marketplace. And I think for someone seasoned as I am, how many years I've been in fashion, I'm always trying to create something that perhaps is more reflective as a woman designer for myself. And um, I was a fashion editor at American Vogue for almost 20 years. And so I understand from what you're saying to me and what you do that it may seem very odd to you, but actually um, so much of fashion at the time today, um, these big companies exist, were once considered extremely avant-garde 30 or 40 years ago. What they did was unheard of. And as time passed, they became the status quo. And now it's a lot of young rebels and young people that are dying to change that, that whole dichotomy. So it's, it's really a lot to see because fashion very much reflects how we live. And if you're in fashion, if you can't adapt, um, you can't survive. Like many we've had on the Super You podcast, you've had some tough love in your career. Do you think that tough love is a negative or a positive or both? I worked for Polly Mellon, the legendary Polly Mellon. And um, Polly Mellon used to inspire fear and loathing. 
um, from everyone in the entire floor at Vogue. I mean, she'd come in off the elevator and you could, everybody started to just tremble like this and you could feel Polly approaching and she'd start screaming, Vera, like that, you know, I'd just start to shake. But um, she really, she really taught me everything about organization, about logic, about being overly prepared. You were never prepared enough for a shoot. And um, her passion. Polly would be at the French collections and be the only one to stand up and start clapping, screaming, bravo, John, you know, for John Galliano or whoever. She was a passionate, passionate woman. And she imbued me and many of her other assistants with that same passion education. But she was tough, very, very tough. In fact, in one of the Vogue movies, I think it's The Editor's Eye, they asked me what Polly was like, and I said, brutal. I said something like, maybe a bitch, or brutal, or something like that, I don't remember. I said something very um, inappropriate, but it was the truth, because um, that was the only way that she felt she could train me. That was, it was like tough love. And um, in a way, I still thank her for that, because I could never probably have gone on with the same work ethic without experiencing her training, so. Now, more and more in today's hyper-connected world, especially with social media, an individual sometimes needs to be the brand in their face of the brand, meaning that the founder becomes the face of the brand. And, and that's not necessarily new per se, because you think about it, Walt Disney and how he grew Disney itself, uh, but it's often not easy being the founder in the face of the brand. So a lot of our listeners deal with the dragon that you've slayed and conquered, meaning that our listeners are the founder, but all of a sudden they're doing basically two jobs. They're the founder and they're also the face of that brand. So any advice or tips that could help some of our listeners out there? When you are very much defined by who you are as a brand and people know your brand for you, there are always issues that come up related to, you know, the next generation and what are the plans for the company and what do you intend to do as a strategy going forward. And when you're that identifiable with the brand and perhaps a bit of that kind of celebrity, um, it does add an, more pressure. There's no question about it. I think for me, there's been good parts about it and there have been parts of it that have been frustrating. You know, I am my brand and I represent my brand, but I have an incredible group of people that support me behind my brand. You have to function together. It's impossible otherwise. Now one can have the most amazing product or the most beautiful dress, but if, if nobody sees it, then it really doesn't matter. So how do we get through, how do we break through the clutter? How do we get our passions and our products seen and heard? You can do the most extraordinary blazer tailoring, the most extraordinarily draped gown, but if no one sees it, it's a secret. Mm -hmm. So that was something I learned very early on, which wasn't early on in my life, but early on in my career as a designer on my own, which was whatever you did, you really want someone to see it. And to be on a global stage is just about the best thing you can achieve. Mm 
So red carpet dressing, long before it was called red carpet, was already something I realized it was very, very necessary to get your message across. I also didn't really have any money <laughs> for a fashion show. And because of that, um, I felt it was more going to be about who I dressed than even the shows. And um, Stephen, you don't want to hear that. But it's, it was the truth for me at that time. So from the very beginning, my experience in my own company, after working for other people for nearly tw over 20 years, was that I felt it was very, very important to get my clothing on the right people. And in that day and age, other than socialites, it was really about Hollywood. That got really lucky. I had one of those freaky, lucky moments. And um, I'd seen a movie of Sharon Stone. I'm going to mention Sharon Stone because she's really perhaps the reason I'm here ultimately. And at the time, many of you may not even remember her, but she's going to kill me for that. But in any event, um, what really happened was that I'd seen her in a movie called Total Recall, mm -hmm. and she was so evil and sociopathic in that role. That's really interesting. And she was beautiful. And so um, I asked a friend of mine who happened to be a makeup artist, and I was doing a shoot with her, and I said, you know, this woman is kind of interesting to me. And someday, maybe I'll get to dress her, because I had a feeling something would happen with her, mm -hmm. which is what I say to a lot of young designers when they ask, how do we make that happen? I say, keep an eye on what's going on in film, in music, in Hollywood, everywhere, in entertainment. And it may not be the biggest star right now, but there are many young women and men that are emerging. And that's the time for you to really notice them before they sign with major companies and get huge deals. Um, that is the time to find them. And I think that in the case of Sharon, um, we met through this young woman and we sort of just made this pact that if she ever got to the Oscars and if I was lucky enough to still be in business, um, I would want to dress her. And I ended up dressing her after Basic Instinct. And it was just wow. one of those insane moments where it was the right girl in the right dress at the right time. And then any final advice to our listeners? I think when I speak to a lot of young people at schools and wherever, um, I always say to them, do something you really love. Doesn't matter what that is, being a mom, teaching, whatever you love, because if you love it, then it'll get you through the hard times. And if you don't, it's not authentic or real anyway. So finding that is maybe a whole other issue but in terms of risk, when you can't help but do it, when it's what motivates you, then in a weird way, there is no risk because you don't, you know you can't do anything else. So right there, um, you just kind of try to live with your choices and that's all anyone can do. There's not really any right or wrong. It's really about your own passion and your own desire. Well, I don't know about you, but that episode definitely seemed to fly by. Such great sage advice from one of the world's icons, and, and she obviously deals with fashion. She's a fashion icon, Vera Wang. Um, I loved her advice and insights around tough love. And so 
if you have someone in your life that gives you that tough love, and sometimes it's tough to take, that's why it's called tough love, uh, just know that they're, they're doing you a favor. It's a gift to have. So many people don't have anyone that gives them that tough love. So just remind yourself, take a breath, that they actually care by giving you that tough love. I know this firsthand, what do you think about Coach Izzo? That's his whole thing. It's all about tough love, is that he wants to make you better. He wants you to make sure that you get to your potential. And sometimes that takes some prodding, some yelling, screaming, uh, and pushing. And then what does it do? At the end of the day, you look back and go, man, that person really helped me because they cared enough to have the guts to give me that tough love. So again, thanks for tuning in to today's Super U Podcast. I'm your host, Equal Man. This is all made possible by a great production team here at Equal Man Studios. That's Kelsey Gomez, Jake Brin, and Maritza Gutierrez. It's also made possible because of you tuning in each and every week and sending us some great notes at equalman at equalman.com. So keep on doing what you do. Make sure that you unlock and unleash your superpower on the world. I love the new one is that if you have an apron, just turn it around because that is your cape. Have that courage to wear the cape because you are that superhero. And then last but certainly not least, it's certainly not what we take from the world. It's what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Oh, yeah.